Okay, welcome to episode eight of uh, Chef and Lambos by Chef David Hill. Again, another day on Bonita Beach. And uh, this is quite a venue, I got to say. It's a pretty nice spot. And today we have a guest that's uh, more of a restaurant guy. And I'm going to let him uh, introduce himself. Hey, guys. I'm Chef Chris Baruby, born, <clears throat> born local, Naples, Florida. Grew up around this area. And... As you can see, it's absolutely gorgeous. I mean, I was just talking to him. I don't know if I could trade it. Yeah. I, I would love to trade it for the yeah. small town living, but I mean, where where else can you get this in your backyard? Right. You right. know, I mean, it it was it was definitely fortunate growing and, up. And, and, and I want to say you're the first guy that's born and raised here. There's everybody's from different places. There's not many of us All left. The chefs. <laughs> not yeah, many I mean, of us rare. left. It's rare. Really it is. Rare. It is. How often are the employees all? like that you work with all from Florida? Is it is it kind of often or rare? You know, I don't think I have one. Wow. Not At least not in my kitchen. Right. In my kitchen, I mean, I have Connecticut, New York, Ohio, Mexico, Haiti, but none that are even from Florida. Yeah. And it just, it's like, which is nice because it brings, you know, that diversity to it to where, you know, we trade stories about, hey, well, you know, up here, going through this and going through the winter. And I look at what's winter? Right. Right. They're like, oh, yeah, you don't get negative five. <laughs> you mean places, cities actually get that? <laughs> you have no idea. No. <laughs> I, like, I, I lived in Texas for a year and it, it got down to about eight degrees. And, of course, here I was, the Florida boy in shorts and a parka going, hey, guys, this is this is all right. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I can do this another year, but. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, um, when you think back about your childhood of being like going into this chef life stuff, what was it that drew you to like want to do it? Or was, uh, you know, maybe a first job, a dishwasher cook or something? What, what made you want to do this? It was actually a very, very unfortunate accident that oh. led me into this. Let's hear it. My, my first job was actually Outback Steakhouse. I was a young, dumb kid, 16 yeah. years old, busting tables. It lasted for about two months. And okay. the natural high school kid in me was like, man, I don't want to work right now. And I left and worked, worked a gas station for a little bit. But every Sunday, we would have barbecues. And you know, everyone, we would literally put food on, take a truck, hop off a bridge, and just swim down a canal. And then finally, I was like, man, I'm going to stay back and just man the food a little bit. Uh -huh. you know. And I started just doing random stuff. And the one that always sticks in my head the most was we had a bunch of chicken wings. And instead of just your barbecue or your lemon pepper, I was like, you know what? Let me try something. I sprinkled some cinnamon, some brown sugar, put some orange slices in it, put it in the oven, baked it, uh -huh. then threw it on a grill. And I was like, man, this is pretty good. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to keep on doing this. Uh -huh. Then we fast forward. Through high school, I had straight A's in architecture, actually. And I actually wanted to pursue that. Mm -hmm. And was in college for architecture. And, of course, I needed a job to pay all my bills, pay my rent. And I landed a job at P.F. Chang's and I had worked there previously for about a year in Naples, um, but they were opening up a P.F. Chang's and Gulf Coast Town Center in Fort Myers. And I was like, hey, I already got experience at this company. Well, I went there and one of my high school buddies is one of the managers. And he's like, yeah, let me go ahead, put in a good word. And I landed the job there and I was actually from the house oh, to start off. Okay. Okay. So not um, in the kitchen. No, I wasn't even in the kitchen. And at the time I didn't even have the desire to be in the kitchen. But Just, let me let me ask you, with an operation like that, I'm guessing the cooks back there, they don't make those sauces that they come in jars or nope. 
They actually make all those sauces? 100%. Wow. They make I, I never would believe that. It, just because the consistency issues. I just don't believe. I, I still use the recipes to this day. Wow. It, okay. Well, go it, on with your story. I didn't mean to interrupt No, you. it's all right. It, <laughs> I, I loved it because it actually, it, you know, I take, I've done it for everywhere. You know, I take little bits and pieces. Okay. Well, this sauce, I know it's going to do this. It's going to taste right. like this. And, and then change I, it up a little. Yeah. To where yeah. So, some people have crucified me for it. Because they're like, oh, well, that's Asian, and this is continental, and that's Mexican. You can't throw all that. I'm like, well, if no one told you that tomato and basil went together, how would you figure it out? Right. You know, With cooking, there's no rules. I love it. That, yeah, that's no exactly. Rules. No boundaries. What, no, that's, and that's what I've told someone is like a lot of, a lot of classically trained chefs mm-hmm. cannot stand me because I, I don't do stuff the classic way. Right. You know? And – but what led me into the kitchen was, you know, I'd worked my way up. I was a food runner. And then within four months, they're like, hey, let's move you up to a bar back. It's a little bit more faster pace. At, at P.F. Chang's we're at, talking? Yeah, okay. P.F. Chang's. Go ahead. And then from the bar back, it was like, well, let's see what these servers are making. I want to make server money. <laughs> so naturally, I went into serving. Um, and then I was actually longboarding and had my dog pulling me on the longboard, almost like a wakeboarding, uh-huh. until he decided to go towards the grass and hit the grass, hands went out forward to save myself, and I actually actually fractured my wrist so bad that I almost needed surgery. Whoa. And so I was in a cast for about two and a half months, couldn't you know do anything, so they had me hosting, which it was nice because I learned almost every single aspect of the front of the house. Um, and then right before that, when it was slow, I would dabble in the kitchen a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, if if our pantry side was you know in the middle of prep. And I rang in a salmon or something. I'd go back there. I'd grill the salmon, do everything. Nice. And I got my cast off, and I went back to the front of the house for about a month or so. And my chef was like, dude, you're, you're not too bad in the back of the house. You want to give it a try? I was like, sure, yeah, let's, let's do it. They threw me in in the middle of a season on a two-and-a-half-hour wait Friday night. And I think we, we did somewhere around 1,600 covers that night. Uh-huh. It was a $35,000, $40,000 night. I went in and they said, all right, sink or swim. And it was the funnest thing I'd ever done. Yeah, it's high pressure. It it was. Real high pressure doing that. It was an adrenaline rush. And the the guy who was on pantry with me, it was like a dance. We did not even have to talk. We just, you know, we'd call the ticket. As I'm plating what he started, you know, he's he's off finishing what I had started. And it was just, it was the best teamwork I've ever it's like seen. Poetry in motion. It was. It it <laughs> it was beautiful. Uh-huh. I mean, it to this day, I've only had two or three other people that it just it was in such sync that like I said, you didn't even have to talk. And our pantry station there, it wasn't, you know, like today you have your pantry station, most of the time you're putting out your salads or your desserts mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We had a charbroil grill, a salamander, a six top burner, a steamer our fryers plus our desserts plus our salad. So I got pretty well-rounded yeah. all at that. Um, and then I, I needed some change. And my brother was living in Texas, working at the Ritz-Carlton, doing valet parking and doorman. And he's like, hey, you can make a lot of money doing this. And I was like, all right, well, I'm, I'm still young. You know, I'm 22 years old. And right. so I moved out to Dallas within you know three weeks of him offering me this job. And I went out there. And I was going to go to P.F. Chang's, but when I went out there, oh, no, we haven't heard anything. 
you know, no one sent any request over to transfer you. And that was kind of the end of my PF Chang's era. Mm. I was like, okay, I'm just going to go straight to the Ritz and work there, which it was a fun experience. <laughs> In the kitchen, that is. No, I was valet parking cars. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to try to keep pursuing. No, because at this point, it hadn't set in that that was really what I wanted to do. I, I was looking for that fast, fast buck, that front of the house kind of money. And it, it was great. You know, as I was in the best shape of my life running 15 to 20 miles a day. And about a year into it, my mom's husband passed away and they were living down here. Um, so I came back to kind of help my mom out, stay with her so she wasn't lonely. And when I came back, I was working at the Ritz-Carlton in Naples for a little while. Um, at this point, I was still still young. I think I was about 24 years old or so. And life hit me like a ton of bricks living living in the fast lane. And I landed myself a DUI, which... Ooh, that could slow you down. I never realized how much of a blessing it actually was. As much as I, I love, you know... The money, I, I was making stupid money for, for a 23, 24-year-old kid. I was making almost $90,000 a year without any serious bills. So it was, you know, every night was a club night, going out <clears> partying. <throat> but when I got my DUI, obviously I couldn't park cars anymore. Um, and I decided to go back to restaurants. I was like, hey, I, I know restaurants. And one of my old sous chefs from P.F. Chang's, was actually now the culinary partner at PF Chang's in Naples. And I was living back in Naples and you know, me and him always got along. I looked at him as one of my early mentors. Um, so I went back to PF Chang's okay. except for this time I went on the walk cooking, you know, more of that fast pace. Yeah. And little did I know that was going to spark my favorite style of cooking, walk cooking, saute, you know, yeah. To this day, I, I tell everyone, I'm like, there's no adrenaline rush, like getting 20, 30 tickets lined up on a saltation with 12 burners in yeah. front of you and just rocking it out. Yeah, you got to love that because I think it's like a certain individual that likes that kind of stuff and can do it because yeah. I wasn't really good at that. That production where you're like on the line, that just wasn't my thing. I need to like have a little time. Let's put it together right. Not yeah. speed through stuff. And that's. You know what I mean? That honed in my skills as far as volume. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it, it was a blast. You got that heat going to you. You got all your pans going. You're going around. But after, like, I started noticing how much I really loved cooking mm -hmm. when I was there. And it was actually my mom. My mom's been my hero throughout life. When I was about 12 years old, she, she was an alcoholic. And she at... 36 years old, quit drinking. And to this, I think this year in August is actually 23 or 24 years that wow. she's been sober. Good for her. And she noticed that, hey, I'm, I'm actually pretty good at this. And she bought me my first set of knives. It was a nice set of Henkels. Nice. I remember it was wrapped up. It was a birthday present. And she handed me it, and I had no clue what it was. You know, it looked kind of like a a long bookcase of some sort or something. Mm -hmm. And I opened it up and there was a note that said, you're great at this. Here's your first set of knives. Make something of yourself. And that, that kind of spoke to me because mm -hmm. when she gave that to me, she'd already signed up for college and she went back to college 
at, you know, in her late thirties to pursue a master's degree in criminal science. And they kind of showed me that, Hey, it's, it's never too late. And especially at a young age, I'm not thinking, I'm thinking, you know, by, by 25, I got to know what I want to do with my life. Yeah. And it showed me that, okay, it's never too late to really do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. So I was working at PF Chang still, but I had one of my buddies who'd been in the culinary field for since he was almost 16 years old. He landed a dishwashing job at a private club and he started to take notice of little things I'd post on social media, you know, some nice platings and stuff like that. And he actually offered me my first club job um, over at, how was it? Not Bonita Bay. Shadowwood? No, it's over uh, Pelican Marsh off of 41. Uh, Pelican, not Pelican Bay? No, no, not Pelican. I always forget. Pelican Ma- Marsh. It was uh, Chef, Chef Wilhelm was there for the Mediterra. No, no. They got one on the beach and one's the golf. Oh, um, Bay Colony? Bay Colony. Got it. And I... I know them all. <laughs> so it was like... So I got my first real more fine dining style. And I went in there and I looked at the stuff that Wilhelm was doing. I was like, these are gorgeous. This isn't just putting something on top of some rice. Yeah, he's great. Oh, he was... I mean, it was unbelievable the food he was putting out. Yeah. And, you know, the high-end ingredients and... Like you were saying, not just the fast production, throw it on a plate and send it out. More fine-tuning. Taking certain yeah. garnishes and just, okay, that garnish shifted a half inch. Now bring, bring it back real quick. Yeah, yeah, And it just it locked me in. And so I, I spent about a year there really. What was your position there? Just a regular line, line cook. Line cook, yeah. And my buddy Adam that got me the job, I'm good on saute. He's better. Okay. <laughs> I know this is a big argument of thing. Uh-huh. I was LeBron. He was Michael. <laughs> all right. Sorry to all the Le- LeBron <laughs> is the goat people. <laughs> but so they stuck me on, on the middle, which was our oven, you know, calling the tickets. And I'd never really done the expo side of it. Okay. As far as from inside the kitchen right. standpoint. So that honed my skills a little bit more. And after I left Bay Colony. Well, how long were you there? About a year. Okay. And at this time, still kind of recouping from my DUI. I didn't have my license, and I ended up moving to the other side of town. It was, would have been about a two-hour bike ride, so I found um, something on Fifth Avenue because I was living over on the east side of town, mm-hmm. and I actually landed at Yabas. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good place. And that, I would say, set the tone for the rest of my career. Because it's all that tropical Jamaican kind it, of feel. Yeah, it was an island feel, but we had the steaks, we had the seafood, we had sushi, and you know, it was a well diverse menu. And I had a chef there for about a month and a half. Who at, at the time he he had checked out mentally, uh-huh. and they brought in the chef from Pazos, their sister company, um, Chef Ryan Melito. He's only, I think he's about four years older than me. He actually went to school with my brother. And uh-huh. to this day, he is my true mentor. Uh-huh. He not only showed me the fine points of cooking, yeah. sauces, you know, why you do this, you know, how to preserve this. He also showed me how to treat a staff. Because uh-huh. I had worked with those chefs that they were yell, 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 you know, 
cuss you out, make you feel like an idiot. And I went in there and he wasn't a yeller. You know, now if you, if you were goofing off and, you know, doing a lot of stupid stuff, he might get on you. Yeah. But he respected his staff. Uh And I'll never forget. It was a Friday night in the middle of the season. One of our dishwashers didn't show up and he goes to take off his coat to go back there and do dish. Yeah. And in my head, I'm thinking he's earned his stripes. Right. You know, he's, he's been in this business for a while. There's a reason he is the executive chef, which that's the reason he's, he's not afraid to go do whatever. And I took mental note of that and instilled that in myself that, Hey, you know, if you want a staff to respect you, you have to do the jobs that you're going to essentially ask them to do at some point. Clean the fryers, yeah, do clean, all that clean heavy the fryers, stuff. Mop, yeah. the, mop the walk-in floor. Yeah. You know, get their get, respect. Even, even out in the parking lot. If there's a mess in the parking lot, you know, why, why are you going to wait two hours, leave that mess there for your dishwasher to come in when you're the first one? Go out there and clean it yourself. Take, take pride in yeah. what you do. Treat your staff with the respect. You know, I think it's a life lesson that anyone tells you. You want respect. You got to give the respect. Yeah, yeah. And I took that with me, and it, it has made the job so much easier. That's awesome. Yeah, because it, it was one of those things that he told me. He goes, "It's like a life lesson." It it really was. Yeah. You know, just treat people with respect, just in general. Yeah. And he's like, "If you do that, you will see your staff will do the jobs that no one wants to do without you even having to ask." them do it right and it was so true you know and so it was at yabas and, and of course saute again was was my station yeah and then it came time for you know season slowed down and it was like okay well we only got you know we can split up shifts you know with saute because we had two of us on season and he's like do you want to learn anything else i was like going back on pantry you got sushi over there i don't know how to roll sushi so I spent a whole summer just rolling sushi. Awesome. More experience. Yeah. And of right course there. that led into, well, hey, you're actually really good at you know, sushi. So they hired another saute cook and they put me on sushi for the next season. There I was you like, are. there's your spot. I'm like, okay, so now I learned how to roll into it with, with some speed. Mm-hmm. And then I, I met my my current girlfriend. And after a couple of months, we decided to move in together, and she lives way out in the estate, so far away from Fifth Avenue that, just like with Bay Colony, it, it didn't make sense to stay there. So I ended up putting in about three month notice that, hey, you know, I can make it. I'll finish out the season for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I finished out the season there, but I was living way out in the estate still with no license. So I'm like, all right, I got to find something around here. And you know, I was still line cooking at the time, but I was like a key employee. And I just happened to stumble into Pelican Larry's one day for lunch, and I saw someone that I knew actually previous from the place I worked, and they're like, hey, by any chance, are you looking for a job? Because we're we're pretty short staff. I was like, coincidentally, yeah, I am. Yeah. And I met with the KM of their um, JD DeMoss from the Food Rock, and it was it was about three weeks into it, and he just looked at me, and he's like, you're not a fourteen dollar an hour line cook, are you? I was like, eh, not yeah. really, but I need a job. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was about two weeks later, the director of operations came, and he's like, "Hey, me and JD were talking. He would hate to lose you." I'm like, "Wait a minute, am I getting fired?" He's like, "No, we want to give you your own store." Wow. So it was like, 
you know, I finally, you know, cut out all my partying and I, I try to tell some of my staff, you know, take the initiative. You want to move up <clears throat> when, when I was working at Pelican Larry's before I got my own store, I had a choice. I could either be 45 minutes late to work or I could be seven and a half hours early to work. Right. Now, where was this location? This was the 951 in Immokalee location. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and I don't like to be late. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to be seven and a half hours early. I can help prep. You guys need me to paint something. You need me to do whatever. You know, yeah. I can do it. Um, and then they gave me my own store, which I spent about a year Ubering almost. Wow. Back and forth. $70 a day to Uber. And, but it worked out nicely because when they gave me that store, I actually found out that I had my first child on the way. You had a lot going on. It changed everything. Oh my <laughs> gosh. It, it was the best thing that ever happened because that child mindset went away. You know, my partying stopped. I gotta, focused gotta on grow it. Up fast. it. It was. Grow up and fast. my, my child was born and, you know, about three weeks later, I'm like, look, I, you know, I can't be riding a bike anymore. I got a kid and you know, I got my license back. I got everything fixed that I needed to get fixed. And I finally, you know, I had my life back mm -hmm. and it was, it was awesome to, to the point today. I'm even like, you know what? I didn't have my license for years. I'm driving today. Don't worry about it. Save, yeah. save your gas. I don't care what gas costs. Save it. I'm driving. Yeah. Um, and then from Pelican Larry's, <clears throat> I left to open Timeless because I wanted to go back to that more of the fine dining, intricate plating. Right. And, you know, I'd heard all these things about the chef there that he was one of the best in the biz that was around. His flavors were amazing. Mm -hmm. And I went to Timeless. Um, and when Hurricane Irma came around, <clears throat> you know, my son was about five months old at the time. And we went up, up north. Cause I'm like, hey, I'm not having a five-year-old in a category five hurricane. And so we went up North. We didn't have power for almost three weeks out in the estates mm -hmm. after it hit. And, uh, the chef got upset that I couldn't come back and I was let go, which was like, <sighs> it, it was one of those things that it sucked, but it was another blessing in disguise because I was yeah. line cooking. Right. So I found something. One of my buddies from the Ritz Carlton was a general contractor and he's like, Hey, I could use a labor. You know, right now. So I was like, all right, cool. It's something for just, right now. Just to get by. Yeah. You know, pay the bills. And then my old KM and director of operations from Pelican Larry's messaged me. It was, it was funny because it was literally 10 minutes after an argument with me and my girlfriend uh -huh. going, well, you know, we need more money. I was like, the only way I'm going to get more money is go back to being a chef. Well, what you do. That's what you do. 10 minutes later, I get a text message. Hey, I know you said you were, you know, kind of trying to leave the industry to be with your kid more, but I have a sous chef open, our position open, you know, for X, X amount of dollars. Do you want it? Mm -hmm. And I was like, this, this is a message from God. I was literally just talking yeah. about this 10 minutes later that, hey, this is what we need. You got a blessing. And sure enough, I took it. And it was actually right down the road from the location that we're at right now over at, um, again, name slips on me bay bayfront well i know i noticed your shirt here is that like your chef jacket there is that your business or this is, is that... this is actually my personal business okay go into that 
So this revolves because after I'd gotten into, hey, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to do this chef thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I see it, you know, and I'd already, at this point, I'd already landed my first exec job and my first exec job was extreme fine dining. Uh-huh. I mean, to where, hey, you know, if you've ever seen the movie Burnt, Bradley Cooper style, hey, the potato is supposed to be X, X thin. Did uh-huh. you measure it? Uh-huh. Well, why not? Yeah. Kind of. And I had a buddy of mine who was getting married. And he's like, hey, how would you feel about catering our wedding? And I was like, well, I haven't catered anything, but I mean, sure, why not? You know, yeah, is, you everything, is everything all right? He's like, well, the catering places, you know, they're estimating $18,000 for our event. And I was like, all right, well, what, what in the hell do you got going on, man? Yeah, yeah. He's like 65 people, five course, you know, 12 past apps, and, and that's it. I was like, all right, you know, yeah, let's do it. And you knocked it out of the park, didn't you? Me and one other person did the entire thing. Luckily, because he wanted to save some money, didn't want any servers. Luckily, the bridesmaids had all had past experience because we needed servers to take out each course. And I remember, you know, I was hanging out with him the whole night before because I'm like, hey, I'm not going to actually be able to be at your wedding. Mm-hmm. We must have stayed up till 4 o'clock in the morning just talking about everything and <laughs> – we, me and my buddy ended up prepping from six in the morning till 630 at night, got every single past apps done about 10 minutes prior Whoa. to it. And all we That's had was close. six burners and two ovens to work with Yeah, yeah. and a regular household kitchen. And I was like, man, like I, I looked at, I looked at the money I made, even cutting his, I think I charged him maybe 75% of what the catering company right, right. had quoted him. But and, but that was kind of the start of the idea that yeah. hey, I could do this? Yeah, it like, was like, you know, I want to get this under my belt. But but it's catering and private chef. Tell me like what it is, what you really want to do. It so in the name, you know, it's infusion culinary services. Okay. That way it's not infusion catering. In infusion, you know meal prepping. Right. But it could be everything. Everything. You know, so I do I do meal prepping for, you know, people who want the healthier side of meals. Uh-huh. But I also do it for the families that are like, hey, you know, we, we work twelve hours a day. We don't have time to come home and cook a full meal. I prepare meals for people like that. Now where where can the people find you? Is there like a website yet? The website isn't up yet. But right. is that is that primarily how they're going to find you going forward? Or is there that a plan? And, that and social media. Okay, so Facebook, so Facebook. Instagram. I have I have the page set up right now. I don't think I've seen that, though. Did, did you push that out to the people? Do a lot has, of people know about it? It hasn't been pushed out as much as it should. Okay. Because – Well, it, I'm going to follow it. You know, I'm going to go yeah, after yeah, this I'll, and I'll – send me a link or something. Yeah, so la- lately I've been – Promoting it a little bit more through my Facebook page. Mm-hmm. I'll, you know, make a post on it, Infusion Culinary Services, and then I'll share it throughout, you know, my pages, my stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I started with me- uh, more meal prepping clients. Awesome. And then, then it was one of those things like, okay, you know, this is, this is doing all right, but I really, I really still need that, that job that is going to pay my bills consistently. And I still wanted to hone my skills a little right, bit more because right, right. in, in this game, actually, Wilhelm Wilhelm taught me, you will never stop learning. The day you right, stop right. learning, you can never know everything. 
Yeah. Never. The, the day you stop learning is the day your career is over. Cooking is infinite. It you is. You can never know everything. Never, no. ever. And that, that's why I love when I get that new up-and-coming line cook. That's like, no, I know how to do it. I know how to do it. I know yeah. how to do it. Show me. Yeah, yeah. There's many different ways to skin a cat. I mean, like, you know, this guy might not do it exactly the way you do it, but the result might be very similar. And, and that's, that's how I've looked at it is, you know, it, it's almost like math. And this is what I tell some of my cooks right now. It's like, what's two plus seven? Well, it's nine. What's five plus four? Nine. What's three plus six? It's nine. What, what's your point? There's multiple ways to get to the same conclusion and the same I result. It. I love it. And, you that's know, and good way to put it. And he also taught me because my first day there, he's like, hey, do you, you have a crab cake recipe? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead and make one for me. Like, and we had a big party coming up with him. I was like, you don't have one that you want me to use? He goes, well, I've never tried yours. Yours might be better than mine. I was like, okay. So I tell my staff that I have to tell my dishwashers, my servers, everyone. I'm like, hey, if you have an idea, don't be afraid to throw it out to me because right. you, you might know something that I don't. You know, I mean, it was, it was a 16-year-old dishwasher that gave me his mom's recipe for salsa. Mm -hmm. And to this day, I still use it. I'm like, man, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, but right, right now I'm at the Pearl Steak and Seafood and it, it's one, one of the best places I've been. Yeah. You know, so there, you're the head chef there? Yes. Okay. And, and the, how many hours are you pulling right now? Out of season, about, about 45 to 50. Okay. I would say the, the owners, they are, they are a blessing because they are a very family oriented place. Um, you had the mom and dad, um, unfortunately dad passed away last year to COVID oh, sorry to hear and that. their, their youngest son took over. Okay. And you know, he, he graduated from culinary school. He's, he's very so talented he knows his stuff. and he, he does. And he knows a, more of the business side of it, which was awesome. Cause even, even with that, you can never stop learning on the right, business side, right? Um, which he takes care of more of the business side in the front of the house, and I take care of the back of the house. Oh, but so it's a good partnership there. It it is awesome. You guys kind of help each other get through the daily stuff. Yeah, right? and he's, and you're happy. Oh, I love it because he's he's got kids that are the same age as my kids, and so he understands that life happens. You know, True. through in True. in the middle of season, my son and his grandmother got in an accident. And it wasn't a thing, you know, I got the phone call. It wasn't a thing of, oh, hey, my, my son got in an accident. Do you mind? As soon as he, as I was on the phone that, are you, are, is everyone okay? You know, is Kyle okay? He just looked at me. Yeah, yeah. You know, it wasn't a thing that I had to try to explain. And, hey, do you mind if I go take, no, go. He's very understanding. That's, yeah. That's a good fit for you. Though. And it, you need it, someone who's understanding. It's a beautiful relationship because the same, the same thing with him. You know, if... If he's not in that day, you know, because of whatever, it's like, it's all right. I got this just like I know you got it if I'm not here. Gotcha. You know, and you don't got to go through the hoops of everything. So it was a great fit. But at the same time, he he knows that I'm really pushing to get your business, my going. my actual business going. I think that's um, great. And it's one of those things that, you know, move going into it, you know, I, I've even told him like, hey, you know. I, I'm never going to leave you high and dry during the middle of a season. Right. But I will give you the heads up that, you know, hey, th this might be my last season that I'm really going to push, you know, for my private events and my catering. And another beautiful part was he was just like, dude, I'm all for it. Yeah, you know, I love this. I love to see the people awesome. grow. You know, if there's anything I can do to help you, 
you know, with your private events, if, if you need to use the kitchen, yeah. use the kitchen. Well, I just want to say that's a great partnership. And I, you know, the reason that we met is basically seeing all your social media posts. I can tell you're very talented. Your food looks beautiful. And uh, I just want to say thanks for coming on today. And I look forward to watching your career blossom. I appreciate it. You're, you're an inspiration too, man. I mean, I even, try. <laughs> even, even to this day. And, you know, because I'd, I'd always seen the post and everything. I'm like, man, this is great. And I see he's, he's making a living. And he's, he's got a smile on his face. I'm happy as can be. <laughs> you know, and like the <laughs> private events that I've done, I'm like, man, this is, this is awesome. You're not pressured. You know, you're cooking at your own pace and everything. And then, of course, when you got the Lambo, I'm like, dreams. All, all I could say it was a good pandemic. <laughs> That's really all I could say it, about it. It was true. I think that opened up a, a big spot right. for private chefs. Right, right. You know, because you didn't have to worry about going into a crowded right, restaurant right. or anything like that. Well, Chef, thanks for coming on. And, oh, Chef, uh, I appreciate like I you. Said, we'll keep in touch and good luck to you. I appreciate right, you. Thank you.